praise god uh, really uh, uh, <clears throat> thank god for this opportunity it's so beautiful when men come together and uh, worship the lord and seek his <coughs> face to learn from his feet and it's a great joy for me to be a part of cbmc uh, so let's uh, <clears throat> turn towards the bible something that uh, as a church we were discussing discussing last week I just want to bring it up something that i noticed something that really um test me today i just want to uh, title my sermon as follow me this is what jesus said he, when he called people he just said follow me there were places where he never even gave explanation uh, just the way in army they say there is not to make reply there is not to reason why there is but to do and die when jesus calls you you don't make reply you don't reason why just go ahead jump and uh, if it if it's going to cost your life okay do and die so that's the kind of uh, uh, commitment that is looking at us that is the kind of obedience so <clears throat> uh, we were reading the chapter we were uh, in our church every morning we have a con call morning prayer and we would we read now we are reading matthew chapter in 4 and chapter 9 we see jesus calling his disciples and just with one word he says follow me and they follow him so before going to that let me just read only one chapter one verse from bible john 10:27 it says my sheep hear my voice and i know them and they follow me three simple steps a sheep they hear my voice and they know they know me and they follow me so if we are god's sheep we have tuned our ears to hear to him listen to him the second step is that we will know who he is and when you know who our god is it will not be a difficult decision for us to uh listen to him it will not be a difficult decision for us to obey obedience will not be a tough decision that you will make it will be a most simple decision that you do when jesus says something to do we'll just do it because if he is our master and we are his if he is our shepherd and we are his sheep uh, we would know who he is we, we would recognize his uh, voice we've seen uh, farmers when they make certain noise immediately uh, the the sheep come running towards them the chicken come uh, the 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 hen come uh, running towards them so the animals they have understood they they learned their master's voice and sometimes we uh, humans pathetically we are not so well in understanding and knowing our master's voice and if we can tune our ears towards that it will not be a tough decision for us when he calls us so in matthew chapter 4 verse 19 uh jesus says come follow me jesus said and i will send you i'll make you fishes of men so he this is this is something that he says to uh, peter and andrew we know this story uh peter is washing his nets uh, uh, all night he struggled but he didn't get any catch so finally Uh, out of uh, 
is vexed and now he is washing his nets and Jesus wants to use his boat as a podium. So uh, he gets into the boat and asks ask him to push the boat a little into, into the water so that people can sit in the uh, seashore. Just uh, a quick podium that he is set, setting up and uh, Jesus starts preaching. And when it is done, Jesus calls him for fishing. So he may think that now it's a carpenter's son who is going to teach me how to fish. Bible says that he, Jesus commands him to put all the nets, but he puts a net. We know that story. And uh, the nets are full. The nets are full. They can't pull the net. So they call the nearby boat. Uh, so the two boats together, they are trying to lift the net and fill the boats. If you, if you can just imagine it. We sometimes need more imagination. If you can just imagine what happened. Two full boats of uh, fish. And it's not in the night, it's in the daytime. And uh, slowly they come towards the seashore. Both the boats are anchored in the seashore. And uh, Jesus says these words. says, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. And then what happens? And I just I just imagine Jesus getting down from boat and walking away from the seashore. And as Jesus walks away from seashore, I'm imagining Peter and Andrew just following him without any question, just following him. And suddenly we see John and uh, James, they, they also join from the uh, nearby boat, they also join. So they, they, they all, they all join, four people, four disciples, John, James, Peter and Andrew, they all walk behind as Jesus walks away from the seashore. And I imagine, I turn my camera towards the two boats full of fish on a sunny day. The fish are it's glittering like silver when you see it from far away. Two boats full of fish. Bible doesn't say what happened to the fish. They just walk away. When Jesus calls them, there is nothing more important for them. The catch that really surprised them meant nothing. So when, when, when God is calling us, his words, it means immediate detachment from personal interest and attachment towards Christ. When God calls you, it's immediate detachment from all our personal interest and attaching us with Christ. What if it was me in that place? I would just say, okay, Lord, that's a wonderful thing and I'm willing to follow you. Uh, I would ask, uh, if I'm a Peter, I would ask Andrew, Andrew, why don't you take Jesus and uh, give him breakfast? I'll just uh, 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 give this fish to auction and come. We'll, we'll, we'll make some money out of it. Huh? But they, they never thought about it. They never thought about what to do with that catch. They just, they just followed Jesus. 
So I see Peter as a businessman, a businessman who's doing a family business. And all these four guys, they are uh, businessmen, family business, fishing. And for these businessmen, Jesus was so important. Jesus was more than anything. For them, Jesus was everything. Money was not important. The, the, the excitement of catching the fish was not there. For them, Jesus stood beyond everything. There's another example in Bible. Matthew chapter 9, verse 9. This is an instance where Jesus is calling Matthew. So Matthew writes about himself. And uh, as Jesus went from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. So uh, Peter's, Peter, uh, John, Andrew, these guys, they were businessmen. And Matthew is a professional. Professional doing his job. And Jesus just goes there to the tax collector's booth and he says, follow me. And he just follows Jesus. An implicit obedience, nothing more than that. He didn't ask where, why, what will be my future if I come behind you? Will I, will I have uh, financial security? Will you feed me? Will, will you take care of my family? What about pension benefits? Nothing. He didn't ask anything else. Such a wonderful professional. For him, we know uh, tax collector's job is the most difficult job. Tax collectors, though they were Jews, they were working for uh, uh, Romans. And uh, most of the time, they are referred to swindlers, where uh, they are very good in writing, make, making uh, uh, forged documents. They will be neither faithful to Jews nor to the Romans. That's the general opinion on tax collector. That's why wherever Bible, we see tax collectors and we see ancestors. So these two categories goes together in the New Testament, tax collectors and sinners. That's, that, that was their social status. That was, that's, that, that was their spiritual status. One of my friends uh, from Campus Crusade said that these tax collectors' job, uh, they would they would uh, write a, they would they would see a uh, they would they would see a camel that comes into the booth to the toll gate, and uh, they will get the money off the camel, put the money in their pocket, and they'll write goat. If there's an elephant in in Tamil, they he would say, yane yane varo yane so he'll get the money of an elephant, and he will write it as cat. So he'll neither be faithful to his own people nor to the uh, Roman government that he's working to. That was the spiritual and the social status. People hated them. They didn't. They didn't have a, a proper <coughs> uh, standard uh, status in uh, society. So finally, they were together with sinners, and uh, that is the kind of person who uh, Matthew could be. But, but when Jesus said, follow me, he just obeyed. <clears throat> he left his booth as it is. He didn't hand over his job to anyone. He didn't go and gave his resignation, waited for the pension benefits. He didn't ask anyone else to sit on his table. He just left his table, chair, maybe some of the books that he was keeping. He just left and 
followed Jesus. So that is the kind of obedience that Jesus is looking at. When Jesus is asking, talking to us, uh, he speaks to us. God is a speaking God. He speaks to us from Bible, from sermon, in dreams, vision, and what he's expecting. He's expecting us to obey. Today, I don't see any uh, scarcity for the word of God because when you open the TV channel, there are so many Christian channels and there are so many worships going on. There are so many word of God, wonderful preachers, they are preaching the word of God. And our believers, they get into a habit of listening into sermon, sermon after sermon, sermon after sermon, and not willing to obey for any of those sermons. God is When God speaks to us, he's expecting us to obey immediately implicitly nothing more than that not to question him not to wait for uh, signs and signals so these two category of people both a professional and a group of businessmen were able to give up everything they followed jesus and never in bible anywhere they talk about what they left behind today some of the some of the places where we say some uh, some people when they follow christ they give up their job. It can be a big officers, uh, ASIPs, also a big businessman. When they give up and they follow Christ, their entire life, they, the testimony will be filled with what they left behind. But here, uh, Peter or John or Matthew, they do not talk about what they left behind. They don't talk about the two boats filled with fishes that were glittering in the sun as they were walking away from the seashore. No, they don't talk about it. They don't refer it anywhere in the Bible, in the later stage. Matthew doesn't talk about what happened to his booth, what happened to his job, nothing. They don't talk about what they left behind. For them, for them, Jesus was more important than anything else. Jesus called many people. We're not going into deep for all those. Jesus called Abraham. He left his family. He left his country. Jesus called Moses. He left his palace. Jesus called... Uh, Paul, he left his tradition. And uh, people who left all this thing for God, they never even talk about what they left behind because for them, Jesus was more important than anything else. Jesus calls Loth and his family out. But Loth's wife, she turns back and she sees what she left behind. The Bible says that she became a uh, uh, salt pillar. Sometimes today we when we come out, when God rescues us, we look back what we left behind and we start longing for that. Children of Israel did that. That is why God placed a Red Sea so that they don't go back. They don't go back, but still their hearts went back. They didn't, went, they didn't go back physically to the slavery, to the Egypt, but their hearts went back. Their hearts went back. That's where they perished. So when God calls us, he doesn't want us to look back. He just wants us to keep going forward, looking at him. We also know an instance where a rich man came to Jesus. A rich man who followed everything uh, in the Old Testament. He kept all the laws, all the uh, commandments. Jesus told him, uh, just, just nailed exactly on his weak, weak point, said, you sell all your wealth and come follow me. Bible says that that youngster didn't come back. 
because for him his money was more important than jesus as businessmen <clears throat> what is more important for us even after jesus raising from death he again goes and calls peter he says follow me so follow me is uh, a call of obedience not an invitation when jesus says follow me it's not an invitation but it's a command it's a call of obedience when jesus there there is no christianity without obedience to christ so if we are his sheep we will follow him we will know who jesus is who is calling us if you are if we are god's children for us jesus will be everything nothing more important money will not be uh, important for us as businessmen as professionals when we come, when we come to the lord god continues to talk to us even after calling us he continues to talk to us holy spirit continues to instruct us and sometimes when our profession becomes more important for us when for our, our career becomes more important for us when money becomes more important when property becomes more important for us <clears throat> it, it becomes a difficult decision for us to obey god if if we also are becoming like the rich uh, the rich man who didn't turn didn't didn't come back he went he, he was not able to sell his property and follow christ the bible clearly says that if you want, anyone wishes to come follow me let him deny himself and take up his cross so what what is the meaning of denying ourselves so i understand as 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 businessman as and as professional for us money comes later it's not like money is not not needed we need it but it's not the first in our business making money is not the first priority and in our profession making money earning money is not the first priority the first priority is to serve him is is to obey him is to is to build his kingdom on earth and is to do everything that is possible in our strength to bring glory to his name so these words they really touched me when i was uh even last sunday i shared i was speaking about this uh, message in my church because a lot of time we hear a lot of messages but the willingness to obey the willingness to follow him is really challenging when clearly god tells you to do something people struggle because satan tends tempts them people even have trouble especially the first generation christians they have trouble in even in in coming to church because sundays they have ot overtime if they do overtime they get get double portion paid they get double salary in sundays in villages where we work we have people struggling to make that decision but for the one who for whom christ is everything there is no struggle at all people are struggling especially when the first generation christians they come to christ and the entire relatives they boycott them they stand against them it is difficult for, uh, choice for them especially people for for, for people uh, they think that accepting christ uh, will deny all the benefits that they were getting they would get from the government and for them it's a question it's a difficult decision 
whether the benefits or Jesus, the benefits of uh, education, scholarship, and all those things that they would get from government. Because after accepting Christ, that is going to be denied. So for them, it becomes a big struggle. But for the, for the person for whom Christ is everything, money is nothing. Benefits are nothing. The worldly wealth is nothing. So I really, I, I really thank God for the beautiful examples that we see in Matthew chapter 4 and 9, where Peter, Andrew, John and James and Matthew, they just followed Christ. They gave up everything. Paul gave up his traditions. He, gave, he just followed Christ. Moses gave up his palace and everything that he enjoyed. He just followed Christ. Abraham, he left everything behind. And after coming to Christ, do we spend more time in discussing what we left behind? It means that our heart is still there. Just like the children of Israel, when God rescued them from slavery in the wilderness, they kept talking about Egypt. So let's pray. Let's pray. <clears throat> is it a tough decision for us to obey? God is talking to everyone, each and every one. It is not just the call. Even after we started following Christ, Holy Spirit, he continues to talk to us. Every time we read the Bible, God is talking to us something. Every, every time we are listening to a sermon, the Holy Spirit is talking to us. He's telling us something, something that we have to give up, something that uh, we have not yet done <clears throat> enough. There is still an uh, unsubmitted part in our heart. There is still a dark area in our life where we have not given the 100% to Christ. Or maybe there is something that God is talking to us to give up. Some of the uh, financial benefits that we were reaping and we know in our hearts that that is not the right thing. We know in our heart that that is against the word of God. I really uh, recently I spoke to one of uh, my close relative who is a pensioner. Um, she has this quota of uh, liquor and uh, God has blessed her with a good pension, but still. Whenever she goes to canteen, she hand over the uh, a liquor card to the, the person. And there's a person who takes the card and buy, buys all the liquor and he gives her some money. I told her, God has blessed you with the good pension. Why do you need that liquor money? When your husband is not there and when you don't have to consume that liquor, why do you want to make that money from liquor? It was a tough decision for her. To give up that benefit. She would get some 2,000 rupees of money every month for that liquor quota that government gave her husband. Which government continues to give even to the family pensioners. There are, there are many things in our life like this. There are, these are some little foxes. There, these are little evil that still somehow hangs in our life. And if we are willing to give up everything, if we consider Jesus is most important for me than anything, I don't think so that 
these decisions will be difficult for us. Let's pray. Loving Father, we want to thank you, Lord, for this wonderful time. As uh, your children, as professionals, as businessmen, we know there are uh, so many unethical things that we can do when other businessmen and other uh, professionals, they do it. And we think that it's okay. But in, in down in our hearts, we know that it is against Bible. What will the Holy Spirit say? We have this challenge of making the decision whether to give it up or not. Lord, <clears throat> today, thank you, Lord, for drawing us back to this examples where your children gave up everything. They didn't look back. They just followed you. That's an that's a act of obedience. Just as sheep follow their masters, they followed you, Lord. They gave up everything that they owned. And Lord, help us to make those decisions in our life, those gray areas in our businesses, those those un, uh, unsubmitted part in our life where we are still holding on to those unworthy things that we are not supposed to. We are still continuing those practices where the world thinks it's okay, but your standard is much higher than that. And you say it's not okay. Help us, Lord, to give up, throw away. Because that will be an insult when we follow you, Lord. That will be a <clears throat> disobedience, act of disobedience to you, Lord. Help us, Lord, give us that courage, give us that strength to give up and not to look back what, gave, what we have uh, given up and just to follow you, obey implicitly, blindly, without reasoning why, willing to do everything for you, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this morning manna and we thank you, Lord, for this wonderful fellowship. Thank you, Lord, for giving me this opportunity to share uh, the, the little thought that you put, put in my heart uh, recently. Uh, as Lord, youngsters, as businessmen, as professionals, Lord, help us to make the right decision always. And that is integrity. Integrity is doing the right thing even when no one is watching. Integrity is doing the right thing in all our circumstances. Even when the situation is bad, help us, Lord, to do the right thing always. We thank you, Lord, for this fellowship. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.